Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. It's hump day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. You are halfway there. We are going to be having a, uh, well, we're going to have a great show today. That's all I got to say. Got a bunch of great audio. Got some serious thoughts, some comical thoughts. You know, these are all the things you expect from the show. If you just started listening, uh, you'll know it's a little bit different than uh, other things that are on the air. A lot of uh, a lot of people have opinions, you know. Everybody's got an opinion. Uh, you try to use humor to make a point and also just entertain you as well. So, you know, opinions are easy. You've got an opinion, you know. Uh, there are a lot of people who have opinions, but if you give a microphone, eh, not, not very listenable. So hopefully you find this show... <laughs> At least listenable, at least listenable in looking at the numbers and the downloads and and uh, where it is. And it's amazing. If you want all the platforms it's on, by the way, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts and you'll see an archive of it. I mean, we're all over the place, guys. We are on Apple iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Odyssey. There's a whole bunch of places that we're on. So um, Joe Biden went to Dearborn, Michigan. Joe Biden is in the tank for the uh, automakers uh, unions. Uh, there are millions and millions and millions of dollars changing hands behind the scenes. Joe Biden, of course, went to uh, the Ford Motor Company to see their new Ford F-150 Lightning. OK, and it is an electric truck. It is an electric truck. And it costs them beginning about $70,000. So, you know, I don't think uh, most Americans are going to go out and buy this truck. But he apparently made a joke about um, running over people in front of his, in the vehicle. Now, the uh, media is making a big deal out of this. I don't, it was a joke. And, uh, and honestly, I'm not defending Joe Biden, but let me just defend telling a joke. Can you just say a freaking joke? Trump would have been impeached over this. Biden slammed for joking about running over a reporter who asked a question he didn't like about Israel while test driving the first electric Ford F-150. So what, guys? Do you want to be the word burners like they are? Do you want to be the word burners that they are? I, You know, this is an old man making a mediocre to poor joke and whatever. But here he is. This is in the F-150. He decides to, and he, and he, by the way, he floored it apparently. And uh, it took off. And, and I want you to listen to the, the, I don't know if these are workers, probably media people, sycophantic media people. Oh, he's old and he drove fast. Oh, God, he's so wonderful. Here is Joe Biden in the truck. Can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive No, you can't. Uh, not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. <laughs> I'm only teasing. Okay, here we go. You ready? Here he goes, taking off. You ready? Oh, the dear leader, the dear leader, he is so wonderful. No man can drive like he can. He would certainly win the Indy 500 if he decided to enter. Ha ha ha, dear leader, you are so awesome. Oh, the dear leader honked the horn. Ah, oh, that is the most beautiful sound we've ever heard as the dear leader honked the horn of the truck. Ha ha ha, the dear leader is awesome. I'll tell you what, that's kind of what we're getting right now with the uh, with the, the treatment of the president of the United States. 
my friend Chris Plant was doing a show this morning, all the times that the Washington Post has referred to Joe Biden or his policies as triumphant. I'm serious, they use the word triumphant. Triumphant return. That is classic Soviet Union. That is classic North Korea. And I'm not joking about that. <laughs> I am not joking about it. It is textbook socialist slash communist uh, oh, dear leader worship stuff. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He also, uh, he lied about his uh, great-grandfather being a coal miner. Again, apparently, his great-grandfather was never a coal miner. He tries to be relatable, and he's not relatable. He's been in Washington, D.C. almost 50 years. He's never had a real job in the private sector. But his ancestors are going to make him uh, uh, cool because, you know, they went through all the suffering, even though his grandfather, great-grandfather, never was a coal miner. He did work. My dad used to say, Joey, and I swear to God, when he left Scranton, when coal died, my dad was not a, was he was a salesperson. He wasn't a coal miner. My great grandpa was, but. There you go. You know, this, this is what happens when people get, you know, up there in years and, uh, and they start telling stories and they got some of that bad candy in a jar on the coffee table, you know, that curly Q candy, the wavy candy, it's hard candy. It's been there forever. It's kind of stuck together. You got to break it apart and you're sitting there and you got to listen to stories like this. Trust me, I've been there. You know, maybe maybe you uh, maybe some butterscotch discs there from Brock's, you know, that have been there forever. And he and he relays a story that uh, is ultimately untrue. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely untrue. Uh, this is another bite from Joe Biden yesterday. He said that he and Barack Obama transformed the battery injury while in office. Our own Department of Energy pioneered and transformed the battery injury when Barack and I were in office. The battery injury. The battery, you know, the battery injuries can be bad. If somebody throws a D size at you, it could hurt. Own Department of Energy pioneered and transformed the battery injury when Barack and I were in office. And through the Recovery Act, grants and loans. You know who actually revolutionized the battery? The private sector, you doofus. And I'll tell you, this is why this, this entire debacle where they're going to spend $100, $200 million on electric vehicle research when the American automakers and international automakers are way ahead and the Department of Energy is way behind. They're probably just now getting into, you know, uh, the, the best grass to feed your horse to pull the buggy. They've done studies on that. And honestly, for instance, I worked with Toyota and Toyota, all of their trucks essentially are going to go hybrid. They're going hybrid before they consider electric, which is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But they're doing it on their own. Do you know why? Because people want to buy hybrid vehicles, get better mileage. They don't necessarily want to buy a freaking electric car that you have to charge for six hours if you want to drive it a couple hundred miles. That's what's going on. But Joe Biden says the future is electric. And if it, listen, if an 80-year-old bureaucrat, Democrat says the future is anything, they're really looking at the past. The future of the auto industry is electric. There's no turning back. And as Rory says, the American auto industry is at a crossroads. And the real question is whether we'll lead or we'll fall behind in the race of the future. Or whether we'll build these vehicles and the batteries that go in them here in the United States to rely on other countries. Or well, we got to rely on other countries to get the rare earth minerals for the battery, which is destroying the planet in places like Africa and China. The jobs to build these vehicles and batteries are good paying union jobs. Uh, union jobs that give money to Democrats. With benefits, jobs that will sustain and grow the middle class. Oh, here we go again. You know, it's always about sustaining and growing the middle class. Donald Trump just did it without even saying anything. He just say he just did it. He just lowered taxes, lowered regulations, made being you know uh, uh, businesses uh, less expensive to do business easier to get things done, 
and he didn't brag about it. And Joe Biden, every time he says, well, we're going to create middle class jobs, we're gonna do, you know, they never do it. Democrats never do it. Nothing ever gets done. Nothing ever gets done. And by the way, uh, some of the first cars were electric cars. Jay Leno's got one from the turn of the last century, an electric car. So it's not, it's not unusual. It's not odd. It's not uh, anything new, to be quite honest. But what is new about it is that it's not environmentally sound to drive an electric vehicle. Sorry, it's just not. Oh, Jen Psaki yesterday said that uh, Donald Trump did nothing in the Middle East. Now, I want you to think about this. Four years of peace in Gaza, four years of peace, no missiles being fired at uh, Israelis, no uh, retaliation from Israel, but suddenly it is World War III over there. And Jen Psaki <laughs> says that Donald Trump, even though he got three Nobel Peace Prize nominations for peace between Israel and Arab countries, uh, nothing happened. Again, uh, I would say that we are not following the same tactics of the prior administration. Uh, we Sounds like she's outside and wearing a mask, which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the president has reinstated humanitarian assistance uh, and security assistance to the Palestinians. Which generally pays for missiles. Something that was stopped back in 2018. And we. Felt and did you notice there weren't any missiles in 2018? Was uh, not a constructive action by the prior administration. Aside from putting forward a peace proposal that was dead on arrival, we don't think they did anything constructive, really, to... I, I, honestly, I, I don't even know. When, when you've got missiles going into Israel from uh, the Palestinian territories, I mean, uh, this is there's a point where the lie is so big and so stupid, you, you just, you want to laugh, but then you go, you know, there were ministers of propaganda that said the same things in Germany <sighs> and in the Soviet Union and in China and in North Korea. Now, the president of the United States signed the uh, historic Abraham Accords, peace agreements between Israel, Bahrain, and the UAE in September 2020. Uh, then back in October 2020, announced uh, that Israel and Sudan had agreed to normalization of relations. Sudan was the third Muslim country in three months to announce a peace agreement with Israel, thanks to the work of the Trump administration. Then, of course, there was the uh, historic peace agreement between Kosovo and Serbia, then in December, Trump announced another peace deal between Israel and Morocco, the fourth, the fourth deal with the Trump administration brokered between Israel and an Arab Muslim state, which is more than any Democrat has done in recent history. Here is Mike Pence listing some of the accomplishments of the Trump administration. The Trump-Pence administration's commitment to Israel was unrivaled. We made that clear to the world through our actions. We brokered historic peace deals in the Middle East. We withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal. And it was three years ago last week that our administration kept a decades-old promise, moving the American embassy to Jerusalem. The and Democrats and Republicans have been promising that for 50 years. Never got done. Donald Trump, one of the first things he did. So, Jen Psaki, Jen Psaki, why don't you get a life? You know, do a little, do a little research. You might want to do a little research before you uh, shoot your mouth off. So um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was on the uh, floor of the House yesterday talking about this uh, massive 9-11-style uh, uh, investigation of the January 6th insurrection. Uh, and she pointed out the obvious, that the insurrection was a, uh, how do I say this, a, uh, uh, a fart in the wind compared to all of the violence that happened caused by uh, BLM and Antifa in cities around the country last year. What about all the riots that happened during the summer of 2020 after the death of George Floyd? What about all the damage caused to federal buildings, churches, 
people's businesses. and Including the church right across from the White House. Yeah, Antifa went in there, tried to burn it down, and the president actually had to be taken to a bunker for safety. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's pretty big. Innocent people that were killed, like David Dorn. This past summer, Minneapolis city officials estimate 700 buildings were damaged, burned, or destroyed, including 360 local businesses. Riots caused an estimated 55 million in damages in Minneapolis alone. BLM and Antifa established an autonomous zone in Seattle and attempted to burn government buildings in Portland. Is that not an insurrection? Apparently it is not an insurrection, according to Democrats, because you know what? Uh, They also said that Trump rallies were super spreader events and Black Lives Matter weren't. So, yeah, politicization and go MTG. You are doing a great job in the House of Representatives. So uh, Fauci has done another flip-flop on masks. This is a little uh, a piece that we found. Um, this is him talking originally, I guess it was uh, May 18th, and then a couple months ago about masks. This is where the confusion all lies. Once again, a Fauci flip-flop of uh, epic proportions. Before the CDC made the recommendation change, I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now- This is from May 18th, by the way. This is, I guess, what, yesterday? Now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask. You're and- telling- Now, this is in March. Everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, it's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, the chances of my getting infected. So there you go. Another uh, two-month difference. Two-month difference. And uh, 38% of Americans still don't feel safe without a mask outdoors because they've been scared. They're little sheep. The dogs, the wolves are around their herd, and they're going to go ahead and keep their masks on. It really is uh, kind of sad, and real sad, actually. Real, it's been real sad, real sad. <laughs> uh, here's a kid that uh, put a video on TikTok when Texas reopened two months ago. And, of course, everybody predicted everybody's going to die. And uh, April 5th, there was a big game, a sold-out baseball game, the Rangers versus the Phillies, and everybody in the media was convinced everybody's going to die. Nobody died. It wasn't a super spreader event. There's never been a super spreader event. It's a gigantic, filthy lie. And uh, this is a kid she recorded on TikTok, and this is not aged very well. Let's just put it that way. Governor Abbott has just lifted the mandatory mask mandate in the entire state of Texas. Now businesses are back at 100% capacity. Her, you can't see this. Her face is twitching. I mean, just twitching with, I guess, anger, frustration, uh, psychosis. So when there's a giant spike in our country, you're going to know exactly who to blame. You can say don't mess with Texas all you want. You know who can mess with Texas? The wrath of God. Wow. Viruses <laughs> don't care about your weird state pride. Get over it. Well, yeah, like I said, that didn't age very well, did it? And I think she looks kind of stupid now when you when you look at, once again, another prediction. Once again, another prediction that was not true. Once again, fear-mongering to control people. Not true. Nonsense. Absolutely. Nonsense. There are still stores near me and where I live in the Kansas City area. Uh, relatively lax rules with regard to, you know, the psychotic rules issued by Democrat governors. But still, I've got to wear a mask when I go into a couple places. Walmart, of all places. 
Uh, Planet Fitness, I think, don't have to wear a mask, but the staff still wearing a mask. It's, it's just, it's, it's all not, it's always been nonsense. It has always been nonsense. It has always been arbitrary. But the one thing is true. A mask is not necessarily for your protection or the other person's protection. It is about broadcasting fear and using that to control. There you go. Write it down. Put it on a bumper sticker. Put it on a T-shirt. Boom. Rob Carson, copyright 2021. Copyright. I said copyright. I sounded like Joe Biden there for a second. One of the most sickening chapters of this COVID story is Andrew Cuomo, who sent COVID positive patients into nursing homes and 14,000 people died. 14,000 people died. These are people with comorbidities, but 14,000 people died. And I figured out yesterday that if you look at the $5.1 million book deal that he got, that's $360 per COVID death in nursing homes. So he should be quite proud. He sold 45,000 or 48,000 copies of the book, which comes out to $107 per copy of the book. The book sells for $29.99. And it is plummeted. It's not selling anymore. There are copies selling for $1.99 on eBay. And that's expensive for, uh, you know, starting your barbecue grill or uh, starting your fireplace fire. Still a little pricey. Going to have to cut those prices. Here is uh, Joe Scarborough. Amazing. Every once in a while, he has a, a uh, just a little flicker of lucidity with regard to thought. And he actually thinks, oh, maybe it wasn't right that uh, Andrew Cuomo should enrich himself so much while so many people died. There's a lot of money, I mean, for a public servant. And I don't I, I don't know that things have worked out quite so well. Does Mika ever talk? I mean, did you sit there and just kind of giggle and, and nod and yeah, you know, that kind of thing? He's kind of like, uh, I guess, kind of like Penn and Teller to some degree. It's under an investigation right now on uh, whether they cooked the books uh, when, when it came to nursing home deaths. I, and when I say I don't know... That's me. Yeah, he's not so good at writing books. He's really good at cooking books. Uh, that's that's what the kids call uh, these days understatement. That's crazy money. It's crazy money for anyone. And we asked him in real time whenever that book came out last year, when he came on the show, why on God's earth you would write a celebratory book about your leadership <laughs> while you were still right in the middle of the crisis. And it has because he has a massive ego. He is a sociopath. And uh, he is a bully. It's not worked out well for him. As you said, the initial decision two marches ago to send patients back into nursing homes, then covering up the number of deaths that were inside those nursing homes. There's also, of course, the sexual harassment investigation in his time as governor. And yet I don't know how in good faith you could accept Mm. the five million dollars for a book about your leadership in a crisis when your state, the state of New York, not all through his fault, but it's a truth, had it as bad or worse than anybody else in the country. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty, pretty much. A lot of people's lives ruined, a lot of people's lives ended, and this guy got rich off it. Honestly, there are no words. Did you hear that Gavin Newsom actually made more money as governor of California? Like a million six last year. So he's making more money as the governor of California than he was outside of the governor. Honestly, wow. Just wow. Well, Andrew Giuliani, who's been on this show and is a regular on Newsmax, has announced that he is running for governor of New York. And God, I hope he does, because as long as there's a Democrat in charge of New York, I ain't going to New York. Not going to New York. New York is going to hell in a handbasket. People are leaving New York and California for states like uh, Florida or Texas that have no income tax and lower regulation and fewer lockdowns. Here's a little bit of the Andrew Giuliani spot, the brand new one they just launched. Pretty good stuff. They quarantine healthy people. They ask for help, and when it comes... Talking about Democrats. They don't use it. 
They send the sick to infect our elderly. But who cares? They died. And then they try to cover it up. Wow. They promote women's rights. No woman invites sexual abuse ever. But, but you, you weren't invited, but you win anyway. They exploit and harass them. Businesses shuttered, streets vacant, icons of innovation, jobs, industry, laid to waste by partisan politics. This is what Democrats do. Defund the police, let criminals run free, keep our kids out of school, yep. and all the while raise taxes. Mm -hmm. It's time for a change. Go get him, Andrew. Like my parents before me, New York is in my blood. I've been raised through New York. I know who we are, what we can be, and where we need to go. We tell it like it is, and we never back down. It's time to bring New York back. I agree. And, and here's the thing. The state of New York has within it the ability to make itself better. The people are, are good people, by and large. Uh, New York is a largely agrarian state. You think of New York as New York City. It's not. It's not. It's largely agrarian and most of the people in the outside of New York City disagree with New York City and Rochester and Buffalo, all right? So they have it within them to make things great, like Central American countries have it within them to make them great. But their leadership makes everything suck. I'll just put it that way. It makes everything terrible. So now what New York needs is a governor who is uh, Trumpian uh, because those principles Work every time they're used, lowering taxes, lowering regulation, inspiring people rather than control, 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 higher taxes, more regulation, uh, more government freebos that are terrible, that just, just get you by like the minimum wage, the word, the operative word, minimum wage. That's what the Democrats offer, a higher minimum wage and government jobs. That's it. Here is uh, Andrew Giuliani talking about his announcement on National Report yesterday on Newsmax. Very first, when I started mentioning to him, you know, I was, I was approached first by a few different donors that I trust who... Uh, this guy's only 35, by the way. ...who I've known for a while, and, and they said, you know, frankly, uh, we want you to run. We think we, we've seen all the candidates, and, and we think that you have by far the best chance to win. Um, so I started thinking about it a little bit. I was still working at Newsmax and, and uh, told Mr. Ruddy and, and said, you know, I need to take a little time here to, to really, really measure this. At first, my dad said, okay, look, we're going to put you through the murder board process. So I'll remember, we, we did about a five-hour conversation in his apartment. And uh, I certainly was... Right before the early dawn raid of the FBI. ...cross-examined by a very good prosecutor, I'll put it that way. Um, but by the end of that five hours, he said, I think you're ready. He said, let's let's get you completely prepared for this. But I, I love it. I love it. And I wish him the very, very best. OK, let's move on to other stuff. Greg Kelly yesterday <laughs> was talking about, you know, there have been a lot of people. You, you cannot criticize the 2020 election. You cannot say that there were irregularities. It's not it's verboten on the mainstream media. It causes you to get kicked off of social media platforms. Yet Hillary Clinton did it from 2016 on. She uh, said the, the never said that the election was legitimate and uh, Donald Trump kicked her butt. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Yeah, but you've got to have um, policies that are good. You've got to also maybe be a little likable. You could run the You're none of those. best campaign. You could be the nominee, but mm -hmm. you could still lose because, number one, 
you could lose with voter suppression or you could lose because of hacking and theft of material. Well, I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a... Nah, you got your butt kicked. A bunch of... Your clock cleaned. ...different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. Now we know, that I know, that my husband knows, that she knows. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day, and history will probably sort it all out. There were many funny things that happened in my election that will not happen again. You sense a double standard here and a bunch of different reasons. Well, one of the key reasons, he ran a better campaign than you did, and he beat you. And by the way, the Russia thing, a great big hoax. All right. You just watched Newsmax. TV. There you go. Yeah, pretty much a great big hoax. And it was. And it was. And it was to distract from a number of things, including a uh, server, 36,000 emails, and uh, $150 million from Russian oligarchs into the uh, Clinton Foundation, which folded uh, within months after she left office. So all the good that it was doing went right down the drain. Oh, actually, it really wasn't doing anything. It was just a giant money laundering scheme. Okay, uh, here's Greg Kelly talking about uh, Joe Biden's edict and, and the kind of a veiled threat to either be vaxxed or masked. You choose. You have no choice. He's the president. Your name is Joe Biden, not Joe Stalin. This guy is carried away with power that he doesn't have. But watch this. And for now, after a year of hard work and so much sacrifice, the rule is very simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The rule is very simple. Just remember, Joe Biden didn't follow that rule <laughs> ever. Take a look at this picture. Joe Biden unmasked, unvaccinated in November of 2020. Hugging his family, who had just flown in from all over the country to see him uh, celebrate his election <clears throat> victory. <laughs> Greg Kelly's awesome. Absolutely awesome. <laughs> American Agenda uh, did a little story on uh, pro-Palestinian protests in New York. Now, uh, Palestinians, or the, I should say Hamas, they are... Um, uh, evil. They're evil terrorists and they want to wipe Israel from the face of the map, as do most of Israel's neighbors. That's just the way it is. They are constantly under threat. And they're not firing missiles at uh, Palestinians uh, willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Where did that come from? Anyway, they're not firing into the Palestinian territory just hoping to kill somebody. Generally, and I would say always, when Hamas stops their missile launches, then the retaliation from Israel stops. But there are many Democrats who want to be on the wrong side of history, like the squad, because they are radical anti-Semites. Here's a little bit of the pro-Palestinian protest in a New York on American Agenda. Pro-Palestinian protesters, they're marching right now in midtown Manhattan towards the Israeli consulate. That is just blocks from the Newsmax studio where this is happening. Uh, the group you can see, uh, they're holding signs, screaming, blocking people in cars, uh, causing all kinds of traffic problems. Uh, there are also some reports of uh, screaming anti-Semitic statements as well. Um, all of this, similar scenes, though, Bob, have happened in other large cities across the country, also on social media, as the past two weeks, the Israel-Gaza um, situation has continued to unfold with... Which was completely peaceful for four years while Donald Trump was the president. <sighs> and the driving force, the main driving force behind these protests is, we hate the Jews. That's really what it's all about. 
we really hate the Jews. It's not about getting more territory. It's none of that. It's we hate the Jews so much, we want them killed. And uh, that's been going on for quite a long time, by the way. I don't know. It started back in Egypt. You know, it started back in Egypt and then it moved forward. And then, you know, they, 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 I don't know if you knew, in Germany, they, they exterminated six million Jews just because they were Jews. And now you've got people with the same mindset uh, marching in cities around the country and uh, people in Congress. Cool with it. Absolutely cool with it. Yesterday, uh, Joe Biden praised Rashida Tlaib, even though she gave him a tongue lashing, which is not a pretty picture, uh, on the tarmac of uh, Air Force One for about eight minutes, I guess. We're not exactly sure what was said, but surely it was. You know, I really hate the Jews there, uh, Joe. So whatever you do, don't send any aid to Israel because, you know, I hate the Jews. Uh, Here is um, Rob Schmidt talking to Rick Grinnell about the praise that Joe Biden gave to Rashida Tlaib publicly. It was a it was a total in Dearborn, Michigan. I admire your intellect. I admire your passion and I admire your concern. How could you admire her intellect for so many other people? You're a fighter. (laughs) God, thank you for being really Rashida Tlaib, along with members of the squad, repeatedly speak out against our ally Israel as it defends itself against repeated attacks from a terror group that is funded by Iran, a group called Hamas. And then Biden grabbed... By the way, Hamas admitted that yesterday online that they were getting all of their weapons and their money from Iran. And I do believe when the, when the uh, Obama administration uh, was in office, they sent pallets with hundreds of millions of dollars to Iran, uh, untraceable, just cash. ...for her approval. Your response to what we heard today, Biden talking about Rashida Tlaib. It's so sad, Rob. Yeah. I mean, you think about this. This is groveling. It's complimenting an anti-Semite. It's complimenting somebody who has complimented Hamas Mm -hmm. and their tactics. It's just sick. Um, I I think that the Biden administration is clearly uh, in the grips of, of the squad. They don't know how to deal with them. Their party is so far left with wokeism. And now we've got this weak president that just completely bows down. America didn't vote for this. To the squad. Uh, when he should be standing up to the squad. He should be saying to uh, all four members that they need to be smarter on the issues, that they need to look at the fact that Israel is actually the democracy. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, the, the squad keeps defending the Palestinian uh, Authority and Hamas and all of their terror. And the reality is, is they haven't seen an election since 2005 in the Palestinian territories. Uh, Abbas is in his 15th year of his five-year term. This is a joke. It is a joke. And uh, and, uh, the squad uh, is populated with anti-Semites. It's been proven. Look at tweets. Listen to quotes. Here's Rob Schmidt talking with Rick Grinnell about uh, Jen Psaki saying nothing happened in the Middle East that was good under Donald Trump. The president has reinstated humanitarian assistance uh, and security assistance to the Palestinians. That's something that was stopped back in 2018, and we felt was not a constructive action by the prior administration. Aside from putting forward a peace proposal that was dead on arrival, we don't think they did anything constructive really to bring an end to the long-standing conflict in the Middle East. He just brought peace. Uh, I want to let you tee off on this comment. What What do you think? Well, I'm glad that she's admitting that they gave money to the Palestinians because I've been wondering over the last couple of weeks, how could a poor 
uh, Palestinian Authority, which mm. has a hard time bringing jobs and development to its own people. Yeah. How are they affording thousands and thousands of rockets? Huh. Maybe it's bake sales. Um, now we know that the Biden administration gave the Palestinian Authority. Do they have like Hamas scouts selling cookies? Money yep. uh, under the auspices of providing. I wouldn't want to eat their cookies. Humanitarian assistance. But we need to look into whether or not that money. This box of cookies is ticking. was spent on rockets. We, we do know that uh, Hamas and Iran are linked and that the Iranians are giving uh, aid and support to the Palestinian Authority. So those rockets are clearly in-kind contributions from a regime that is brutal, that wants to wipe Israel off the map and hates America. So, you know, this kind of goes back to your first story. Which, by the way, is the same thing that the squad wants. They want Israel wiped off the map and they hate the United States. You've got the just ask Rashida Tlaib, just ask Ilhan Omar. They both hate America. Squad complimenting them. You've got Joe Biden unable to stand up to them. And now you've got Jen Psaki admitting that we gave them money. It's really a tangled web of uh, atrociousness. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that they just don't know what they're doing. Wokeism has right. cre crept. Let's be on to wokeism. It's, it's uh, wokeism meets anti-Semitism. It's, you know, there's a whole lot of isms going on. Whole lot of isms going on. Here is Rick Gunnell responding to Biden in the truck saying he was going to run over people. Mr. President, can I ask a quick question on Israel before you drive away? No, you can't. So Not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. <laughs> I'm going to tease you. Okay, here we go. He hates this question. He hates this issue. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he, he doesn't even know what to do. If you continue playing that video, you'll hear him peel away and the media just immediately go into laughs and chuckles oh, and just say, oh my gosh, look at, he's driving so fast. He's got an electric motor just like the golf cart at the nursing home. He's the president. The retirement community. It's, it's fawning. You know, I, I've decided that I've got to stop calling them uh, biased reporters, because I, I no longer think it's bias. Oh. I actually think it's propaganda. Oh, yeah. It's propagandists in Washington, D.C., who have been told what to think and what to do, and they follow the orders. And they do. They do dutifully. Wake up. Spicer and Company had uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, who is actually a doctor, on to talk a little bit about this new case that's going in front of the Supreme Court, which could overturn Roe v. Wade, which has ultimately res resulted in the death of about 60 million babies in the womb. Uh, you know, maybe babies who could have been a president of the United States, maybe babies who could have cured cancer, you know, whatever. But honestly, uh, it doesn't matter to Democrats because they made it through the womb and uh, to heck with you. Here he is talking about this case and Roe v. Wade. You know, I think when the court looked at this in Roe v. Wade, they said that Congress had never really defined when life began, and so they got into a murky area. So I think Congress should define when life begins. We've had several bills that have come forward talking about when the baby feels pain. And I can tell you a few years ago, I interviewed with a very prominent woman over at CNN who was 20 weeks pregnant at the time, and she was goading me about being against abortion. And I said, well, you realize this is why Planned Parenthood doesn't do ultrasounds when people go in to get abortions because they can see the baby as a human. At 20 weeks that the baby can feel pain, avoid needles, and the baby goes through excruciating pain if you try to destroy the baby. And interestingly, this anchor edited the show, took out that clip because I think she felt guilty seeing as she was that pregnant at the time. Your baby doesn't need to live, but mine has to. And so I think even people on the left. Mine's not a choice. 
when, when they see pictures of 20-week-old babies. Well, it is. I chose not to kill it. And they see a baby trying to avoid and realize that when you do surgery on a 20-week-old baby in the womb, like let's say you're going to fix their kidneys, they actually give anesthesia because the baby feels the pain of the surgery. <laughs> this corrective surgery that's done in the womb, they actually give anesthesia. So I think these things all argue for there being a person there, a real baby, and I think it gets harder and harder for them to argue there's nothing there. Um, so that's why they call it a choice and not abortion anymore. They've got to change it to soften it. You know, I'm sure they would, uh, if, if, if given the opportunity, and uh, if Democrats were in charge in Nazi Germany, they would have, instead of call it the, uh, uh, the Holocaust, they would have called it summer camp. You know? Oh, no, 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 no. Those aren't prison camps. They're summer camps. Summer camps for the Jews with all sorts of delightful activities like slave labor. All right. Here is Chris Cuomo on CNN, and he's a staunch uh, believer in Roe v. Wade, and I don't understand how empowering it is for a woman to have an abortion. And, and listen, I've known several women who are uh, have had abortions, and, and one I actually dated, and she broke down and said, I, I, this is what happened to me. And I said, you know, it was a choice you made, and, you know, I, I felt terrible for her. I have another friend who had an abortion when she was uh, in, in her teens, and now she's an anti-abortion speaker. And so it is a very profound experience for many women if they've made that choice. And many of them very, 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 very much regret it because they were forced into getting one. Here is uh, Chris Cuomo, who's, uh, you know, uh, who knows Chris Cuomo? Jeez. Anyway, about uh, Roe v. Wade and how important it is that women be able to kill babies. All right, here is a bolo. Be on the lookout. We are about to see if Mitch McConnell's Supreme Court mission pays off. It's now a six to three decidedly conservative court. And it now says the Supreme Court of the United States that it will hear a case that could remove a woman's right to control her own body. Okay, so he calls it a woman's right to control her own body. Now, realize that there are two bodies involved here. And it's the only time that there is another living being in a person who is a, an incubator. Okay, so it's not about just the mom. There's somebody else involved. Dobbs v. Jackson, Mississippi Women's Health Organization. It tests a state law that bans almost all efforts to end a pregnancy after 15 weeks, including pregnancies resulting from incest or rape. Legally, the issue is fetal viability. When does what is inside a woman become a person with rights under... Okay, I've had enough of Chris Cuomo, but let me give you a story. Gather around, kids. I have a story. Now... I realize that talking about uh, choice and abortion might make some people uncomfortable. And I used to have people say to me when I was talking about uh, pro-life thoughts, my thoughts on, on uh, life and uh, not aborting a baby, uh, I'd have people, well, what about rape? Well, something interesting happened to me a few years ago. In 2018, I got a DNA test and I found my biological family. And they uh, grew up in southwest Iowa and Kansas City. I have an east in Kansas City. And my half-sister came and visited me, and we went out to lunch with my niece. And my half-sister began to cry, and she goes, Rob, I want to tell you something, but I don't want it to destroy you. And I went, okay, what? And she said, Rob, your mother was raped. That's why she gave you up for adoption. That's why she went out to the farm, went through her pregnancy, gave you up for adoption, and then moved back without saying anything. So, I thank her for having me. How do I feel about somebody being raped 
and I'm just going to say this, and it might tick you off. There's a there's a uh, RU486 the day after. Would I be against that if you've been raped or raped incestually? I probably would not stand in the way of that. But there is a point that you can't say at 20 weeks, you know, I guess I'm just going to get rid of the baby. So I have a deeply profound connection to this that I never have had in my life. It's, um, I remember after I got told, and this is getting personal, I went into the guest bedroom and I closed the door and I stayed in there for about three days. I didn't realize it would hit me as hard as it did. But my entire life, I've been talking about uh, abortion and I've been pro-life. I was raised Catholic too. It really was more of, less as a teaching of the church, more of just, it's obvious I was a fetus. If I'm going to get a chance to live, why can't you have a chance to live? You know? So there you go. I wanted you to know. I wanted you to know. It was a big deal. So this fourth grader kid in, I guess it was Florida, stood up in front of the school board and schooled them (laughs) about wearing a mask and how miserable, how miserable masks have made children. His name is John Provenzano, and he has gone viral, and he was on Rob Schmidt's show. Here he is interviewing this 10-year-old who said some things that were just quite simply incredibly profound for a 10-year-old boy. Why did you feel it was so important to speak out? Well, it's because I felt that other people could probably use some freedom. And I thought, why don't I speak up for some people and I could possibly make a difference? Even though I didn't make a difference, I probably may have put a little bit of thought into one of the Martin County school board members. But I'm happy that I kind of made a difference in that. Absolutely. We, we want to play another clip here from that speech at the school board this kid's amazing. meeting. Let's go ahead and uh, take a look. A few weeks ago, I ran into my teacher outside of school. She didn't even recognize me because she's never seen my face before. He's just said that he, his teacher saw him outside of school and she didn't recognize him because she's never seen his face. Well, I knew it was her because she sits at her desk a lot without a mask on. I know my teacher has asthma and everything. But I understand why it's hard for her to wear a mask. And I think she should have that choice. But I should. I'm going to play a little bit of his speech because it sounds a little bit uh, clearer. Here's a little bit of speech from this uh, this wonderful young boy who literally made the adults look like children. Good? So, school board members, my name is John. I'm 10, I just turned 10 years old. Talk a little closer to that. So I just turned 10 years old, and I am a fourth grader at Felix A. Williams. P.E. and on track. Not allowed to play on the playground or have student council or turn to face each other at lunch. And we also have to wear masks outside at P.E. and on track. So for his entire fourth grade and third grade year, he was not able to face his classmates at lunch. I love my school and all, but my teachers seem really stressed, and that makes me feel bad. One teacher walks around with a clipboard full of referrals for any student whose mask isn't on properly. That's a write-up. It makes me feel scared. That same teacher yells at us having our masks down to drink water while we are outside in Carline. She told us we had to wait until we were in our parents' car to have a drink of water. (laughs) She had her mask down the entire time while she was yelling at us, which makes me and all my friends very mad. This happens a lot. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while their 
yell while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull yeah that's child abuse by the way hours up i asked my mom if there is a word for this and she said there is hypocrisy drop the mic drop the mic that is spectacular absolutely spectacular that kid honestly when he detailed all of the things that he couldn't do at school it made me sick absolutely sick to my stomach let's wrap things up with a couple of stories this is interesting twitter suspended the uh, account of a member of parliament in spain after the politician wrote on social media that a man cannot get pregnant Maybe you've heard of this. Francisco Jose Contreras, a member of Spain's right-wing Vox party. Yeah, they never say left-wing whatever party. Was locked out of his Twitter account 12 hours after publishing the politically incorrect statement that this is a lie. A man cannot get pregnant. A man neither has a uterus nor ovaries. This is the country we live in. This is the world we live in. The insane are running the asylum. A Scottish law student, a girl being investigated by her school for making biologically factual statements about women and men. According to the UK Times, she faces possible expulsion. I think it's Lisa Kiev, 29-year-old student in Arbor Tay University in Scotland, reportedly facing discipline from a school for telling her classmates that a woman must have a vagina. Yeah, citing generally understood biology that males are born with female genitals and females are born with female genitals and that men are stronger than women and the difference in physical strength of men versus women is a fact and all you have to do is look at Olympic world records in athletics in every category. That's what you need to know. All right, so she said, I I didn't intend to be offensive, but I did take part in a debate and outlined my sincerely held views. I was abused and called names by other students who told me I was a typical white cis girl. So you can't have a different opinion. You just can't. St. John's professor has been fired after quoting the N-word while reading from Mark Twain. All right? So she was just reading from a Mark Twain novel in her class. The school denied that the quote was the reason she was fired, though. Sure, whatever. She is Hannah Berliner Fickshall, an adjunct professor at the school for two decades, was fired on April 29th. In her literature of satire class, she was reading an excerpt from Puddinghead Wilson Twain's anti-slavery novel in 1894, and she used the word that is in the book. In the book. It is a word. It is in the English language. One student wrote at the time it was uh, unnecessary and very painful to hear. Then he put on his headphones and his earbuds and and played music on his phone uh, featuring uh, rap stars that say the N-word every two seconds. Honestly. I made a joke the other day that Black Lives Matter is one of their demands. They want to get rid of every word in the English language except for the N-word and make that word verboten to anybody but a person of color. (laughs) That's it. Wow, wow. I had a debate with my son. I was in the car with him and three of his friends, and we're sitting there, and we were talking about the N-word. And as I went to say, can I just say the N-word without a context, not call anybody? And they shrieked. They went nuts. You can't, you can't say it. You're white. I'm like, okay, okay, you know. But that's where we are. That's where we are. You can't even read it if it's in a book. That's ridiculous. It is a historical word. It has been around forever. Some people could use it every other word. If you watch a comedy routine from Dave Chappelle, every other word. Every other word. But this is a word that has ruined careers, not because you're calling anybody the name. It's because you said the word. And guys, that's nuts. That is just nuts. That's going to do it for the show today. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
I greatly appreciate uh, you uh, checking it out and sharing with others on social media. If you want to all of the platforms where this show, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, is heard, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. If you want to check out all the listings for your favorite TV shows on Newsmax, NewsmaxTV.com, NewsmaxTV.com. Guys, have a great day. I will tell you, I most probably will not have a show tomorrow or Friday as I am going to be attending my mother's funeral. If you would please say a prayer for Bonnie, uh, the greatest person I have ever known in my life, and she will be missed. God bless you guys. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.